Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello to all of my cosmic stars, gods, and goddesses. My name is Kyle Thomas, and I am a pop culture astrologer. I want to welcome you today to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. We have a hot and sexy show ahead for you today, where we, where we will be discussing the biggest astro drama in Hollywood, as well as what you can expect to experience this coming week, straight from the stars above. We have a great guest today, and we look forward to fully diving right in with him. Hey everybody, Sam Davidson here, pop culture expert, red carpet reporter, and an aficionado on everything celebrity and pop culture. So excited to talk with our special guest today, and of course, get into our juicy stories and our celeb WTF of the week. But first, before we get there, I'd like to welcome Adam Epstein. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So super interesting guy. You currently um, are doing uh, working on Fox yeah. as a political pundit Correct. for the Trish Reagan um, primetime show, yeah. and you are the liberal voice. I am her liberal antagonist. Wow. Because yeah. at first I go, I was reading your bio, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, great. Great. I'm one of those people that, uh, I don't know if you watch Bill Maher, but, you know, he repeatedly, weekly, uh, admonishes Democrats to go on Fox. Well, I'm obviously not in political office, but as a media person, I will tell you it is an amazing gig, an amazing thing to do, an important thing to do. And most of my mail and tweets are positive because people say, wow, I never heard that before, or thank you, or I may not agree with you totally, but you presented it well. Well, that's because you often don't hear another viewpoint. And I have to shout out to Trish, too, because she and I get along great. And even though we don't agree on a lot, we do agree on some things. And she always treats me fairly. And we have a very good dialogue. So it's Fox Business, a sister network, but same thing. So they're not all awful. I mean, obviously, Fox's mission is not my mission. So mm -hmm. my mission is to go on and persuade and, and, and enlighten a huge swath of voters, by the way, because Fox is the most watched. Not all the people that watch it are Republicans, by the way. A lot of people who watch it voted for Trump and it voted for Obama. So getting to those people as we approach a 2020 election, I think is key. Absolutely. Well, and I, I, think, I think something that's so cool about what you do is, is you're talking about bringing a discussion and a dialogue to politics and, you know, not necessarily, you know, pointing fingers as, you know, good or, good or bad or, you know, really kind of demonizing any side. And I think that that's really, really strong. Yeah, thank you. I, I would encourage you, I'm sure you will after this, you know, to watch. And most people say, wow, you represent Democrats. Well, I don't hyperventilate. I don't scream. You know, sometimes I get passionate. But, you know, the other side has kind of done away with the truth. So if we just go on and just blow our mind uh, emotionally or, or, or burn too hot, they're not going to listen to it. Yeah. So it, it's the stereotype of what they have of us. So I try to go on very pragmatically and say, that may be true what you're saying, but let me give you the facts of ABC. Sure. And more, you know, on the entertainment side yes. of things, you also are a Tony Award winning producer. It's my first life. Yes. So you were, I mean, a huge producer on Broadway, West End. So you won a Tony for Hairspray and you've received 46 Tony nominations and you have 12. It's well, so my shows have 12. I personally yes. won one. Your show, but the my shows. shows have were awarded 12 of 46 nominations. How on earth did that happen? 
That's exciting. I love it. My first life. Yes, that's amazing. So thank you very much for joining us. You have a lot of expertise, obviously. Before we get into all of that, Kyle, let's get into our weekly astrological forecast. Absolutely. So today, on June 26th, Mercury, the planet of communication, business, and you know, connectivity and negotiation enters Leo. When Mercury is in Leo, we have a lot of specific energy that's integrated into our lives. Our thinking is more confident and grand, so you may be noticing that. The focus now is on the goal, and the more grand a goal, the better. The details may not be quite as important right now, and we may feel more expressive, even theatrical, and given to speech giving and storytelling under this influence. We're also more convincing and persuasive, so use that energy and really find a way to express from the heart. We can be confident in anything that we speak or write. You know, at this point in time, we may not listen as well because we want to do a lot of the talking. That Leo energy will have us very fired up. So expect that to be, be really taking, you know, effect in the next couple of days. We will have a Mercury retrograde that starts in our astrological forecast next week. So just be prepared that we're going to be revisiting some of these issues in a couple of days, actually, and throughout I, the month of July. Yeah, I feel it already. Um, what is, we're in shadow right now. Yeah. Screw the shadow. Um, this I've already had so many technical uh, technical difficulties this morning, and I just feel like I'm walking in a fog. Aww. I hate it. I hate this time of year where it's Mercury retrograde, and I'm a very um, I'm kind of gullible, and so half of it too is probably me mentally knowing like, oh God, I'm gonna mess this up. Of course, it's Mercury retrograde, mm-hmm. which just makes it even worse. Well, you know, we've talked about this in some of our past shows. You know, we. This, this Mercury retrograde, you know, shadow and an actual retrograde season is going to last until August 15th. But it doesn't have to be a time when we're shooting ourselves in, our, in the foot. You know, we can be using the energies to reintegrate, you know, other ideologies or, or you know, philosophies or thoughts into our plans as well as look at our business deals and our contracts and find you know, unique and different ways that we kind of want to approach them that uh, have been hearkening back to the past, you know, reintegrating things that we probably already developed. So, yeah, we don't want to have, you know, brand new fully ideas that we're throwing at the, you know, the table and, and trying to launch into our lives because that's going to not work well. But, you know, going back to, you know, old contacts, old friends, Some people will actually get back together with an old lover. You know, there's all sorts of things that will actually bring more beauty and happiness into our lives through this period. Okay. I believe you, I guess. (laughs) So then also, you know, for the astro forecast, we, next week on July 1st, we have Mars, the planet of passion and drive, sexuality, force, entering Leo as well. In Leo, Mars is proud, self-confident, and grand. We are spirited and have these grand goals. We go after what we want in a direct, self-assured manner, desiring these dramatic results. We prefer not to worry about the details and take the least complicated route to our goals. Our sex drives will be strong and our passion for life is going to be very high as well. So over the next month and a half with Leo, uh, Mars being in Leo, we can really integrate these energies into our lives in very tangible ways. So, you know, think about, you know, now, even before we enter into that, 
what do you want to go after? What do you want to create? What do you want to do to bring more passion and pleasure into your life? Because you can really do so. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's it. We do have these great influences that are happening. But I just want everyone to prepare because July is going to be absolutely bananas. And next week's, next week's astrological forecast is going to be one you do not want to miss because we have our first eclipses and then we go into the retrograde season officially. Nice. I mean, that's all we have for today. Is it possible, though, that this it could be a good month for somebody? It doesn't have to be a bad month, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, change in itself you know, can be exhilarating, but also a challenge, you know, and, and, and we've talked about this as well, is even if we have certain challenges that are happening astrologically, they don't have to be difficult. It's more about your reaction to them. Right. So if you are, you know, running up against, you know, someone in, in a rage, as you were talking about before, about, you know, the, the clashing of opinions, right. or, you know, political, you know, ideology... Of course, there's going to be more of a rift and a drama. But if you approach, you know, a, a, a challenge in a way that you're going to try to find an, a way to integrate it into your life or grow from it, right. I think you can really do some important evolution during this time. And when you speak of an eclipse, I always hear about the eclipse. I mean, an eclipse obviously signifies change, but it doesn't necessarily... It could be a kind of revolution... Uh, for the better. Absolutely. I mean, we, we talk about this every week. Eclipses are destiny, yeah. and where they hit our chart, we can see how our lives are going to be shifting and changing. Mm. So my career is going to be exploding, uh, as well as Sam's, uh, next month as well. You know, So those things are going to be really Great. big there. And you know, for you, actually, I've, I've pinpointed some cool ways that it's going to be affecting you, but I, we're not going to go into, the, into that until a little bit later. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. And next we have my personal favorite part of the show, which is our celebrity pop culture segment of everything that's going on. We're going to get into our stories in a second, so stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We are going to be going into three very juicy Hollywood stories and then our celeb WTF of the week. My first story is about Nicki Minaj and Miley Cyrus. So I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2015 at the MTV Movie Awards, Nicki Minaj totally called Miley out on stage. It was turned into memes and all these different things. She said, like, what's good, Miley? And Miley was the um, host of the show. And it was over something stupid, some interview that she did. I don't know. And she basically um, just called her out, said a bunch of other things um, on stage. She mouthed, don't play with me, bitch. Um, And that was, you know, a while ago. So we would have thought it would have been over by now. Um, And in Miley's new song, one of her lyrics says basically that she liked Cardi B better than Nicki Minaj. Whatever. Okay, so stupid. But then Nicki went on to a huge radio show and basically started calling Miley names, saying that she was just not a good artist. Um, she called her, what is this name? It's something I've never even heard um, before. She said that she was a Purdue chicken. And um, 
she should never talk about effing queens, and she was saying herself. So that's kind of in the news, something kind of silly, something kind of fun, but I was curious astrologically because these two kind of always seem to be coming after each other in some way. Well, yeah, it was... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're such big personalities, and, you know, naturally that there's there's a lot of astrological difficulty that I, that I can see between them. So... Just to start it off, Nicki Minaj and Miley Cyrus actually have a lot in common. They both are Sagittarius fire signs, so they're a little bit hot-headed, passionate, impulsive, and can be a little bit wild. They love adventure and actually crave a bit of drama. If things aren't keeping them surprised, they will stir the pot. The interesting thing to note here, though, is their difference in rising signs, which show how they clash, actually. So that was the fun part. So Nikki is an Aquarius rising, whereas Miley is a Taurus rising. So right off the bat, they are very different elements. Aquarius is an air sign, known for its eccentricity and intellectually distant emotions, whereas Taurus is an earth sign that is very in touch with their emotions. So, you know, that's a very different approach to the world that they have. Both signs are fixed signs. And because of that, they are pure in their representation and are very stubborn to change. You know, fixed signs don't like to change. They want to maintain the status quo and continue on as they do. Fixed signs are also, you know, stubborn to always get their way. That's, that's really, really crucial. They also have a great difficulty changing their mind and, and they're just so opinionated about everything. So guaranteed when these two have met, they just rub each other off. You know, I actually did an article for Romper uh, a couple weeks ago about how, you know, there are certain toxic zodiac pairings and Taurus and Aquarius can just be pure poison, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what is really rubbing each other wrong there. Also, last week was a full moon in Sagittarius, and that's putting all Sagittarians into the spotlight. Because of this, they both are feeling extra feisty and wanting to confront themselves. Are you a Miley fan? Ah. <clears throat> oh. I'm not really, I'm not a fan or not a fan of either of these people. I mean, I tend to be uh, more into classic R&B and old school music. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, so I, uh, most contemporary music uh, doesn't speak to me. That said, I just think Sean Mendes is so talented. Yes. And I think he's doing amazing work. His albums are great. His songs are great. Those songs speak to me. And I can't, I'm not going to, you know, dismiss all of pop music, but my playlist is Motown and 80s pop and 70s soul and things that the songs that speak to me you know I can listen to a John Legend song for example great and then put on a Marvin Gaye song and I think I'm just gonna keep Marvin Gaye on the beat yeah no disrespect to John it just totally there's totally. just something that uh, speaks to me more I also think that you know obviously like in the way you might say Diana Ross paid the way for Beyonce and Beyonce's great but I would rather listen to Diana Ross yes where my heart is I agree with you on that one. And it's really funny you mentioned Sean Mendez because we're going to finish up this story, but um, that is one of our next stories, something about good old Sean. But something I also thought was really funny about this story, and I'd like to mention because I showed Kyle last week the um, Black Mirror episode that Miley Cyrus is in, and it's a really good episode. And mm -hmm. if you guys um, are a fan of hers or a fan of the show, I would highly recommend watching it. But um, she wears a pink wig in it, her character does, and Nicki Minaj uh, just like right away thought that that was a dig at her or copying her for some reason because she owns 
the rights to all pink wigs, apparently. So uh, Nicki Minaj, uh, as I was writing this, I was like, I better be careful if she listens to this, she's going to come for me. But, you know, she's a strong personality, that's for sure. Well, and, and I'm sure, you know, the thing I love about Sagittarius is that they, that they're so passionate, you know, and so they can put a lot of energy into the, into the relationships and people that they really, really care about. But if they don't like you, they will either drop you very quickly or they will be very aggressive to, to be negative against you. And, you know, every sign has, you know, positive attributes and, and negative vibrations as well, you know, so there's just, you know, different things that we're kind of dealing with specifically with Nicki Minaj as a Sagittarius. Yes, uh, that she's I kind of the epitome of a really intense Sagittarius, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think. Well, like I said, speaking of Shawn Mendes, he is a part of our next story. I am also a huge Shawn Mendes fan. I can listen to his music mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, he has a new song out with um, Camilla Cabello, who, do I always say her last name wrong? No, I think I said it no, right. I'm sorry, who is she? I, she see, I see his instrument, but I don't know her. She was um, on the X Factor okay. as part of a girl group I called see. Fifth Harmony um, years ago, and they were mentored by Simon Cowell, and right. she was like the real shining star out of the five girls. So She's she, like the Harry Styles of uh, the way he was in One Direction, because they were mentored yep. by Simon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so she went, was the first one to go solo mm-hmm. and has had a really successful solo career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's toured, she toured with Taylor Swift, I think, for Reputation, and She's been all over, but she had a single with Shawn Mendes, um, a duet in 2015 that was really, really good called I Know What You Did Last Summer, and it was very, like, sexy. The music video was sexy, and there was rumors going around then that maybe there was, like, something more uh, with the two of them, but then, you know, they just said they were friends, but recently they came out with this amazing single that I really love. It is a fantastic collab, and it's called Senorita, and the music video is fire. Like, I swear, I the way I looked at Shawn Mendes looking at her, I was like, there has to be something here. And, you know, maybe it's just to kind of get more um, spark and clout with people talking about them. But, of course, now, like, all the tabloids, all the websites are saying that they think something could be there between these two. So I was looking astrologically, like, what, what's going on? Oh, all right. So Sean is a Leo. Camilla is a Pisces. The interesting thing about this combination is that they're both very creative, expressive, and can be emotional signs. Sean is ruled by the sun, which is creativity and entertainment and expression, whereas Camilla is ruled by Neptune planet of divine inspiration and it actually rules Hollywood. Right off the bat, their charts aren't super compatible. You know, Leo is fire, you know, Camilla is water, so that it can kind of rub each, rub each other wrong. Uh, what else do we have for them? So Sean is, uh, is like I said, a dynamic Leo and is definitely ch- taking charge and will, you know, lead within this partnership. Camilla as a Pisces is fine to follow and let him call the shots. She just wants to, to feel, create, and, and have fun doing it, you know? So naturally, that would, you know, be how the flow is moving. However, without knowing Sean's rising sign, it's hard to say if they have any significant romance or partnership energy going on for them that, that we can't fully see, you know? So there's that. Their sun signs, like I said, are not the most compatible for love, marriage, or partnership either. So, you know, that is something to really draw attention to. However, you know, beyond that... 
you know, the thing that I'm seeing and loving here is taking note of two important factors right now. Jupiter, planet of luck and fortune, is in Sagittarius. For Sean, this rules creativity and art. For Camilla, this rules her fame, career, and public recognition. They're, they're being divinely blessed throughout most of this year in these ways, so that's, you know, very crucial. Also, even funnier, is that their video and song dropped right near the full moon in Sagittarius, July 17th. A full moon brings culmination in the several days... You mean June 17th? June 17th? That's right, sorry, yes, June mm -hmm. 17th, yes. A full moon brings culmination in the several days before or after, and they actually dropped their song on the 20th, which is in that window in time. So, is, I mean, isn't that weird? That's, yeah. I just feel like that's so interesting. So then, Sean's creativity was being highlighted, and Camilla's career was in the spotlight, sparkling along with Jupiter, giving them that luck as well. So, so that's just, literally what was going on. They're there. master collaborators, essentially. Well, and it's one of those things where, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even consider them master collaborators because the thing is that, like, partnership and collaboration is something that is very, you know, it, it's supposed to have a balance. With them, you know, just, and the thing is, we don't know the rising signs. Like mm -hmm. I said, we, we can't, I can't go into, into all of that because I don't see that. But... You know, just looking at these vibrations, for her, it's about her career. For him, it's about this creativity. But that's not a partnership, necessarily, mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily, they're, they're in for the same thing. Interesting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's more complicated. Sign, you can speak this, right? Like, sun sign astrology is insufficient, right? Because you know somebody's rising and moon, it's hard to know just to say somebody's a Leo and a Pisces or whatever. Totally. It leaves a lot of questions on it. Well, and, and that's right. why it's, when it comes to compatibility, there are so many factors that are You don't involved. know time of birth and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, because there's important business partnership collabor collaborations. There's important artistic, creative ones. Right. There are important, you know, uh, certainly love and, and marriage ones as well. And, you know, looking at the dynamic between, you know, any sort of relationship, whether that be friends or across the board. Right. There's different kinds of things that are being exchanged and, and reciprocated. So, you know, that's why, yeah, clearly, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, they have a connection, right? you know, and that's being established, but it's through either he feels inspired by her, you mm -hmm. know, and is feeling this, this muse energy because there's the creativity and she wants his talent for her career, you his know, I mean, it's talent. just straight up, it is that, that, you know. Well, so that's what I see there. So, yeah, I mean, and if you watch this uh, music video, you'll see, like, Muse is the perfect, perfect word. And his career, and I think he's just, like, very much growing up as a man. I enjoy watching him and also get, like, creeped out on myself because I remind myself he's 20 years old. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, know. the sex appeal there is just, it gets, gets more and more it does. every year. So. It does. The gay community is so into him, and I don't have any care about him whatsoever. Like, we've talked about this in the yeah. past, like, you know, I just, like, a guy that's younger than 28 at this point in time, or 26, yeah. maybe 26, right. I'm just, like, I don't even have, I have zero attraction. Like, there's, I just can't. I feel much more attracted to his talent, too. I mean, he's well, obviously he's, a sexy guy, but I'm with you. I mean, I think yeah. he's so talented and does when, yes, he kind of has this... He has this magnetism about it, but I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, you know, twenty-year-old guy—that's that's a child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't mean that to 
it's not to like gross totally. anybody out. It's just it's like I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's a lack of of of, um, of uh, maturity. Like, mature. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think he seems very sophisticated for his age. If you, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> um, okay, guys. Well, next we have um, another story, and I just thought this was very um, cute and interesting to look into. So there is a country singer named Chris Lane. He sings this song that, like, it's the song that gets stuck in your head all the time. It's What's your name? What's your sign? What's your birthday? How do you guys like that? It's a fantastic song, and I just did a great, great job singing it. I mean, you sing it all the time. I do. I go around and I, in like a little um, southern voice, like, "What's your name? What's your sign?" Like, just you from the south? No. Nope. Nope. I just like to do that. Yeah. Um, Literally, we'll be just like (laughs) up at the pool or like drinking wine or making dinner or something, and then and she'll just bust it out, and I'll be like. It's yeah. earworm. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but um, he is a very, very talented guy. And last year, he started dating this girl named Lauren Bushnell, who I knew and a lot, some people know from The Bachelor. She won uh, the season that she was on, and her bachelor was Ben Higgins. They were engaged, and they had their own show together, actually, on um, ABC Family before it turned to Freeform. And they broke up, a very public breakup, and she met Chris Lane, and things went extremely fast. She lived in Los Angeles, moved to Nashville for him, and this past week he was with her at home uh, in Oregon visiting her family, and they were in her parents' backyard, and he said, I just wrote this song for Lauren, and I'd like to play it for the family and they recorded her, you know, just gaining her reaction to the song he wrote about her. But the lyrics of the song were basically how he was about to propose to her um, right there in her parents' backyard. And he made this just adorable video of the two, of the whole thing. And like, I cried. A lot of people cried. And it's actually an amazing song. But I was just curious, astrologically, if these, if this was kind of just a fast, intense Hollywood love affair that didn't have feet or if you know she was more compatible with her ex and kind of like what's going on with all of them right now Mm -hmm. totally so lauren is an aquarius chris is a scorpio and ben is an aries this is all sorts of interesting actually i couldn't find any of the rising signs so we are only seeing a piece of this puzzle lauren is actually astrologically more tuned to ben with her air sun sign igniting Ben's fire sun sign. They likely had a lot of passion and energy together. But the thing about air and fire signs is that, of course, fire needs oxygen to burn, but if the air turns into a gale or a whirlwind, it'll blow fire right out. So, uh, you know, Aquarius is one of the strongest air signs because it is a fixed sign and it doesn't like change. We mentioned that earlier today. Aries loves spontaneity and change and can get angry when they feel controlled. So this is definitely something to note there about that relationship. Aquarius and Scorpio are also both fixed signs too. So Lauren and Chris like the way that they run their lives and can be very opinionated about those specific things. Their modes of communication and emotions will be very different, which could signal some major red flags unless they are both committed to working together to make everything clear and on the table. Lauren often detaches from her emotions using her intellect, whereas Chris feels extremely deeply and can brood 
if he isn't feeling valued or heard. The interesting thing is that this news broke on the 18th, so I'm assuming it happened exactly on the full moon in Sagittarius on the 17th. This energy spotlights a few different things. For Lauren, this is a moment where she's feeling like her hopes and dreams are coming true, and she's thinking of the long term when it comes to her life. For Chris, though, this is a moment when he's focusing on his possessions and the things he wants to own, which is clearly her. Yikes. This is a powerful, accommodating time for them. No matter what, though, you know, we wish the newly engaged couple a happy and divine alignment of their stars. Yeah, I mean, it's always... Could you imagine being newly engaged and going to a psychic or astrologer or something and them being like, uh... He wants to own you, and you don't want to show your emotions, but mazel tov. Like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, the thing is, it's like we all, I mean, Scorpio and Taurus have a lot of that energy. And me being a Taurus, you know, when, when we're possessive of something, you know, being a Taurus or a Scorpio, but it can be at any sign, it's because you care mm-hmm. and you want them, you want to own them. And for some signs that they're like, ugh, don't own me, that grosses me out, which is something that you're, you're having that reaction. To me, if when a guy wants to own me, I'm so about it. I am so, so about it. And I'm not even... Is that just, a Taurus thing? Yeah. I, I'm like, a Taurus moon. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you're a Virgo too. So yes. Virgo can have that kind of energy too. And uh. Capricorn does wear earth signs. We, we love that kind yeah. of ownership. But I'm not even talking necessarily sexually. Like, I want a man who's going to be like, hell yeah, Kyle Thomas is mine. Yeah. That's so hot to me. And you're possessive of it. Exactly. It's totally mutual where I can be like, hell yeah, he's mine. And you don't like if someone tries to claim them. Well, they're not going to because (laughs) I will own him (laughs) and he will own me. You know what I mean? That's great. So yeah, so it, but it's, it's, it's not a competition, but I, you know, I want to, I want to show off the person I'm with because it's. You know, it's it's a trophy in some way, and I'm no, I'm not after necessarily the hottest guy or whatever. If, if as long as I love him, he's the most value to me. Right. So you know, like it's like I get well, very he's very hot to you. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what matters. Yeah, you know, he's 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 mine, and you know, but that's the thing is it like if I if I'm I'm naturally not really attracted to men that aren't about that. Like if they've got like commitment issues well, or like. No you know, want to keep wandering, well, then I'm like, well, we're never going to be compatible, and I don't, you know, I'm never going to date someone like that. That's so, it's, I don't even go there, you know, but if, but if I can kind of intrinsically know that someone's about that lifestyle, I'm like, hell yeah, like, all right, let's talk about it. So, yeah, exactly, it's stability, it's security, and being an earth sign, I really, really, really want and need that. Yeah. So in, in, you know, in my finances, in my career, yes. you know, in my friendships, but always in love too. And if it's, sure. that's, if it's not there, then I don't have time for it. What's your rising? I'm, a, I'm uh, Aries rising. Oh, okay. A lot of fire. He is. Uh, that, that's all I, I can say. Aries. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I love about it, so uh, astrologically, so Aries energy is the, um, what is it? The, the unstoppable force. Yeah. And then Taurus energy is the immovable object. Right. So I am the unstoppable force and the immovable object. That's interesting. So I get You're everything both, I want. You both move very quickly and pounce, but yet you also take your time. But, but I, yeah, I go in for the long haul, you know, and, and that's Taurus why Taurus is like, a slow moving, isn't it? A very slow moving, kind of steady. Totally. Over, yeah. Go totally. the distance center. Totally, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it, but that's how I am about everything. Like, I want to put that into, 
Astro PP Radio, into into my career in every other way. I want to put that into when I'm, you know, devoting myself in a romantic relationship. Like right. that, all of that fire and You move in, you grab what you want, and yeah. then you nurture, cultivate over time. Yes, so it grows absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, there you go. And all I can think of is the Leslie Gore song, You Don't Own Me, you over own and over. I know, and then she's just like, oh my God, no. Yeah, I'm like, get away from me. Sam's <laughs> running out, running out of this room. But yeah. that's why, like, I feel like if you were with someone that's like, you know, like an Aquarius or a Gemini, you know, like that kind of energy. Even another Libra with you could be fun. Um, well, I thought Aries was, was my guy. And Aries? Yeah, Aries would be great too. Yeah. Aries my- would be great for you too. Yep. All right. Well, wish them the best and everyone go watch that video because it will make you cry. But side note though, as he got down on one knee, he actually stepped in dog shit. Um, wow. So maybe that's a sign <laughs> maybe for them. Maybe it's good luck. You know, they say when you walk out of a building and a bird shits on your head, that's good luck. Oh, man. I don't know. I've I'm always so kind of wanted a bird to poop on my head. I'm bad at that. That's happened really? to me so many times. And, I, and like people, they're like, oh, it's good luck. And I'm like, really? shut up. I got to clean it off. No, no this is gross. Right. I feel disgusting. Yeah. Oh, jealous. Not fair, you guys. Right. <laughs> Never had it happen to me. So um, our Celeb WTF of the week is in honor of the Hills returning to our small screens. I'm sure that... uh, Never watched it. It was a phenomenon, you know, for pop culture, all this stuff. And it's interesting looking back now, they're doing kind of, you know, Hills recap, like for people that are younger or older that weren't really in that demographic when it was on 10 years ago, explaining how big of a deal it was. I mean, these kids were on the cover of Rolling Stone. They were like just the most, some of the most famous people in the world back then. And um, a lot of them just really haven't done much with their lives. So I'm not really quite sure what this um, new show is going to be like. And they all look like stuck in time from all the plastic surgery they've had over the past 10 years. So I think it's interesting. MTV is really geared up about it. But the relationship I want to talk about specifically is of Heidi and Spencer. So they're married. And Spencer Pratt is an extremely polarizing person. He's been in the industry for quite some time, and now he's actually very into astrology and crystals. Um, is he related to Chris Pratt? No. No, he's not. But his family, um, his family is. I think his dad is some kind of big producer of some sort. Mm-hmm. He was like a Hollywood kid, Malibu kid, essentially. Um, grew up in the spotlight, and he. Um, isn't you know he wasn't super loved on the show originally and now he's kind of gained a lot of fame and notoriety but they've had a child uh last year and if you look at the relationship timeline of these two it really started off very fame hoary they literally had like a fake wedding on tv to you know get more publicity they had a fake divorce um because they were broke they had spent all of their money very quickly and there's just like a lot of highs and lows ups and downs and Heidi had so much plastic surgery at one point she had like 10 um 10 different procedures done in one day and she came out looking like kind of scary and um you know now though they seem like much more balanced she's gotten some of the stuff undone I guess you can say yeah so they're going to be a big part of this show and their personas now are kind of like the mom and dad of the show whereas before they were very much the antagonists and I wanted to look into their relationship to see like what it was about these two that really you know drew them to each other because also when the show The Hills started 
it was around this woman named Corn, uh, Lauren Conrad, who is not going to be on the show for its return. But it started off with her and Heidi moving into an apartment together. They were best friends. A few years into the show, Spencer broke up the friendship um, and just kind of was seemed to be a dark, a dark, you know, presence in her life. But now they seem very happy. So what, what's going on there? Heidi is a Virgo, where Spencer is a Leo. So this is an interesting combination right here because you wouldn't think they'd normally be drawn to each other. We don't have Heidi's rising sign though, so there may be something profound in it that truly draws Spencer in. Spencer is a Capricorn rising, which is an earth sign just like Heidi's Virgo sun. So with earth energy being a part of both of their makeup, this does help them relate. It is likely Heidi loves Spencer's ambition and take charge attitude as well as his focus on money and a very specific kind of elegant lifestyle. You know, that, that earth energy is drawn to that. Usually, the earth sign of Heidi will make Spencer's fire sign uh, feel a little bit more dulled, but the way that earth and fire signs relate is actually really interesting. Without earth, fire has nowhere to burn. So that is why this combination can actually work out really well. She calms him down and grounds him, but he brings excitement and inspiration and passion to her life. So I actually think that, you know, just looking at this makeup, this is what they both really need. And so that balances them out, you know, so they can have that, you know, elegant lifestyle, but also, you know, a passionate connection and, and, and chemistry. So, you know, that's really what I saw into their chart because we don't have further information on, on her particularly, but, you know, that's... That's really I'm seeing how they relate. So it isn't a traditionally um, like good pairing, but it actually works. Well, like I've said, I've mentioned this before. Any combination of signs can work with with any other sign. Right. It just requires you know connection. It requires communication and you know negotiation of different needs or you know desires or or how they like to express their sexuality, you know, whatever it be, because, you know, there are certain signs that I stereotypically would not connect with, you know, and that, because I've seen patterns where I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, this is not going to work out, but it, let's say I meet someone that is that sign, I'm not going to, like, walk away and be like, ugh, like, right. run away, because they may have other things in their chart that right. really give them a different complimentary spice to my life so interesting yeah. okay well i am excited to um catch them on tv and see what kind of trouble they get into but next let's get to our other segment which is of course talking to our celebrity guest diving into your sign and sure. just picking out some dates really seeing what's going on with you mm-hmm. all right all right so you are a virgo sun and a libra rising Mm-hmm. Important aspects for you to note are that you are going through eclipses in your love and creativity sector, as well as your social sector. Right. So these will be continuing throughout this entire year and last until 2021. Okay? okay. So another exciting transit is that you're seeing a lot of luck currently when it comes to your home life this year. Mm-hmm. So since uh, November 2018, or until December 2019, you may move to a radiant, bigger, new location, 
or fix up your space tremendously as it is. You know, mm -hmm. So just kind of keep that in mind. Okay. Jupiter, planet of luck and fortune, is in this domestic sector. This is also a time when you may be having a little bit more focus on family too. So if you've had any disagreements or distance, you could actually be healing it quite well. Your family may expand in some way because of this energy. You know, maybe people are having more babies or mm -hmm. getting married. Fourth house stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. So the best news that I want to tell you is that starting in December, though, you are most blessed in love, creativity, and pleasure throughout all of 2020. Love yeah. It. So Jupiter will be going into this sector, you know, also with major eclipses happening in this sector too, it really shows that you're likely, you're, you're likely to be channeling the muse or, or feeling tremendously in, in like inspired and creative, all of that great energy. Uh, if you are currently in love now, you will fall more deeply in love. Mm -hmm. If you are not in love yet, you are very likely to see, to see this come into your life. I actually had a very similar transit of planets just like this a few years back. Right. Jupiter moved into my romance sector. What is, are we in the fifth house from you? That's all fifth house stuff. Okay. Yes. So Jupiter moved into this fifth house romance sector mm -hmm. for me. And then about a month later, I had a massive eclipse in this same sector too. And that's precisely the energy that you and all of our girls will be feeling, you know, this, this coming December actually. Mm -hmm. And, and that was the last time that I truly fell in love. So wow. that kind of energy, you know, is going to be heightened for all of you guys. Mm -hmm. And the, the interesting thing about, you know, particularly with my, you know, astrological forecasts, you know, like I definitely, I do, you know, you know, we can look at, you know, all of the, the different aspects of how the planets are transiting and things like that. I do, you know, think it's important to really focus actually on the sun sign a lot though. Okay. I, you know, and there are, a bazillion astrologers out there, you sure. know, that will look at, you know, your rising sign. And, and I do obviously kind of like see the cross currents always. Sure. But particularly, I actually like, because I, I write down and chart every single thing that happens every single day. Okay. And I've done this for years, actually. I, you know, will always know, notice an important aspect uh, hitting my, my rising sign, uh -huh. but it's never as strong. It's always stronger when it hits my son. Uh -huh. So that's why with this stuff, we're just looking at it from sure. that specific that area. But, you know, are you currently dating someone? No, are you? not at the moment. You're, you're likely to be falling very deeply in love again. Great. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for you. I mean, I awesome. just, I'm, I'm super pumped for that. I mean, I do a lot of dating, but I'm not dating anybody. Okay. So. Well, I mean, you may find someone that really, really ignites you, you know, and... Yeah, like, you know, we have eclipses in these sectors. There was one uh, around January 5th, mm -hmm. and there's another one July 16th. That's right, that's coming up. Not July 2nd, I thought? No, July That 2nd. one hits your social sector. Oh, I see. But so July 16th is the love. Yes. Got it. For me specifically or everybody? That's for Virgos. Got it. Yes. So, for me, that's actually going to hit my career. Uh-huh. For Sam, it hits her domestic life. Oh. And her family. Okay. Um, Again? Yeah, but it could be like you're fixing up your, your place, or you're... you're yeah, I probably will be moving down the street soon. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the kind of stuff there, you know, but for the, the July 2nd for you, that's your social sector. You are probably going to be finding new people coming into your network, right. you know, having important events or friendships that you're really connecting with. Great. Uh, for Sam, that's her career. For me, that is all about communication and speaking and writing and publicity and things like that. So... 
yeah, you know, that's just uh, some stuff we'll kind of dive into in future episodes as well. Okay. Uh, the next area that I talk about is the key launching dates for your song. Okay. So what this does is this is all about energy that you can kind of use in any way that you want. Sure. So because it's put, it's in your identity, it's in your, you know, you can kind of wield the power of the stars to whatever is really close to your heart at this point in time. So there's a new moon in Virgo on August 30th. Okay. So the 10 days that follow that are really going to establish uh, a great deal of not only the next coming six months after that, but really be looking at how you're going to be growing in general in, in 2020. And, you know, the thing that I'm loving about this is so I actually published my first book this year. Oh, and thanks. I, um, I looked into all of the different, uh, all of the moons, all of the transits of the planets, and, and, and kind of seeing, you know, on a, on a larger scale, but then also, you know, on a more uh, finite time, you know, what are the best moons of the entire year? And my favorite moon of the entire year is this new moon. Uh-huh. Because, right before my birthday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So we have the, um, what do you call it? We have Mars, mm-hmm. we have Venus, mm-hmm. we have Mercury, mm-hmm. we have the sun and the moon, all in Virgo. Very compassion, love. Yeah. So what that is for you is that you have all of that force and power in your identity sector, in in your life, you can use in any way you want. So, you know, literally, you know, people are just going to be able to, we've talked about this before, I think this was before we even did the podcast today, but how you're a manifester. And so you are very focused on creating that life of, you know, your dreams. And, And I, the way that I teach people in astrology is to create their life of, of abundance. You right. know, you, you don't deserve just a little bit of love, you no. deserve all of the love. You don't Do you deserve... want me to share what I learned about manifesting? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Really for the audience. Yes, please. Because I think this is where people get tripped up or confused mm-hmm. or, or, or self-doubt overtakes their belief, mm-hmm. right? Their, their, their um, ability to see it done. Totally. So, years ago, um, number one, Write everything down on a piece of notebook paper with a pen. That's my advice. I've been doing that for years. Not your iPhone notes. I think I don't know why. I just write it down. You can put it in a drawer. It doesn't have to be framed or laminated. You know, people get carried away. But you can put it in a drawer, put it in your pocket, whatever you want. Years ago, and I've been manifesting things uh, for a long time. Somebody taught me if you were holding a red, ball, it doesn't have to be red, but a you know, softball, a little a ball. Okay, and someone you took a black sharpie and you wrote, I want success and you throw it against the wall right the ball bounces back and what's the ball say i want success okay throw it against the wall keeps coming back with the same thing what's wrong with what you're doing what's wrong is you're saying want Mm -hmm. want means lack people don't remember that people think of it as as yeah in in our um, archaic wording want is a lack you have a want of food or a want of love so you have to change what you say you say i am in a relationship with so-and-so. I am a successful mm-hmm. uh, celebrity podcast host, astrologer. I am uh, in the new, I do own a home. I, I am currently, or or uh, it, see it as, as it is, or it's already happened. Never want it or wish it or need it or hope it. Because while that's not necessarily bad, you're just reinforcing to the universe want yeah. and need. This is key. I've been doing this for years, so you just see it done. And yes, you have to you have to remember that 
you know, just because things are put out in the universe, they don't always come right away. But over time, if you don't undermine your belief system, they really, really will. I mean, I've seen it happen. Another person put it to me this way. Don't place an order and cancel the order. Just think about that. I'm going to have the roast beef and the cheese. No, I don't want that. Give me, okay, forget that. I want the grilled cheese. All right, and the cook's going, wait a second. You better give me three orders. You can change your, what, what you want or what you're manifesting. But when you say those, when you focus on those key goals, those mm -hmm. things that are most meaningful to you, see it done. And I write it down on paper every new moon. Just that's what I do. Love but it. through my life, I wrote on a piece of notebook paper when I was 21 years old, fresh out of NYU, political science major. Actually, I want to produce it, and starting to work in the theater, I want to produce a Tony Award-winning hip Broadway musical for I'm 30. And at 27, yes. Wow. Now, Love everyone's yeah. journey is different. Yeah. You know, someone may have manifested it later. It's not. It's not a competition. But I think sometimes people don't realize how much doubt they have, yeah. how much they're soiling the things they most believe in because, you know, fear and worry takes over natural. And you have to and that doesn't mean you go around like a robot and never feel feelings. For it just sure. it just means that you try to uh, put things out there, see them done and consider them done. You know what I mean? And it's not delusional. It's just putting something into the future as completed so that when you arrive at the destination you know you know that that's the destination. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I That's actually, I, um, when I got the job that I have right now, last year, I was doing a lot of manifestation work and really wanted this job so badly. And they kind of, it was a two month thing where I didn't know if I was getting it. Right. It was going to be very life changing for me. Um, and I was in some kind of Facebook group or something where it, I think, oh, it's called Manifestation Babes. So it's like these females from all over the world kind of in this Facebook group talking about manifesting. And this uh, girl in the group said, let's who wants to do the 555 challenge, you know, with me this week? And I'm like, what is that? So basically what it was was for five days in a row, um, I would write my, you know, whatever it was I wanted to manifest in the right tenses and all that. I wrote it down 55 times. And I did that for five days in a row, and it was pretty soon after that that I ended up getting the job. So wait, so you wrote it 55 times every day? For five days in a row. Five, five, five. So that's, that's what that's called? Yeah. I've seen a meme of that. I didn't know what's happening. But that's exciting. So yeah. wait, so you were like, so you said, I get the job 55 times, five days in a row. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I remember you mentioned it. I thought you just wrote it five times. No, no. that's great. Yeah, 55 times, five days in a well, row. You go it's, it's a Check it out. You know, and one of my favorite sayings, and it, it circulated in various forms, of Buddhist memes or mm -hmm. books or whatever, is always, if you knew how powerful your thoughts were, you'd never think of anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, if you really understood because thoughts create reality, and we were talking earlier about energy, everything I've said here today, this is not a magic wand, it's not mm -hmm. a potion, I'm not going in like, you know, I'm not, this is not any kind of witchcraft. It's literally mm -hmm. energetic. Energy begets energy. And so what you do with that energy is the reality. How you use that energy and how you position energy and where you place energy is what directly, as you've been saying, you know, Sam, uh, you know uh, creates and engenders a reality. Yeah. Totally. No, I completely... I abide by all of this too yeah. mm -hmm. very much so. and we uh we have like a couple of extra minutes so i just wanted to ask sure. you a couple more questions uh, um about yourself so yeah. what made you want to go from being a broadway producer to being this like political correspondent well i my dream was always to be uh to be believe it or not was to be in one form or another on television 
as a kid, I did a lot of performing, and I thought acting would be my, my, my trajectory. And when I got to NYU in the musical theater program, I switched over to political science a year in because I was always very academic, and, and, I, and I had a tremendous quest for knowledge, and I felt that I was at this wonderful school where if I didn't take advantage of its academic resources, I'd be missing out. Funnily enough, I graduate in political theory and I end up working for a casting office, which leads me to producing, and very young, my career takes off. It just happened. But what was interesting was, as much success as I had, as time went on, and Hairspray was this wonderful, bountiful blessing, and still is in many ways, I didn't love producing because, you're, by definition, a producer should be both creative and a businessman, but the nature of Broadway economics has become such that you have to become largely just a businessman, business person. And I didn't want, though I learned business and accounting and I loved to learn how to read a contract and do deals, that wasn't where my heart was. And I was always passionate about politics. I fell in love with American politics really in 1988 when George H.W. Bush ran against Michael Dukakis. That was the first time I was awakened and gripped. I mean, I grew up, you know, as a kid under Reagan and I mean, from a Democratic family, liberal family, but it, it was that consciousness of watching the 88 race. 92 comes along and Bill Clinton's my first vote and I'm hooked. So I go through college as passionate about politics as I am theater. I go through this whole career in theater and I become dissatisfied because I really want to write about politics, think about ideas, write about culture, uh, uh, and be on TV. And uh, I ended up being engaged to a, a British guy, moved to London with him, where I went back to producing theater. I had left it for a bit. Uh, so began writing columns for a website from there as an expat on America, American studies, and all that. And I, when the relationship ended, I had another dream, which was to go back to grad school. So I went and got a master's in American studies at Brown. And American studies is the study of American ideas. It's history, it's literature, it's politics, it's culture, it's everything you see. If you ever watch Vice News, mm -hmm. that's American studies. They'll do, mm -hmm. they'll do a thing on the new music and then they'll interview transgender voters in the Trump era, then they'll go out and talk about how farmers are adjusting to climate change, and then they'll talk about why movies matter. You know, that's American studies. It's everything, put in one. And when I got the degree, I ended up being fortunate to say, you know what, I'm going to get myself represented and I'm going to finally get myself on TV speaking. I've now written. I can do this. And uh, a series of fortuitous events led me some great representation and, and I got on TV. So I mean, that was a nutshell version. Yeah. But it was always a dream. It wasn't like I woke up and said, yeah, I'm bored of this and I'm going to go on TV. No. There is no such thing as an overnight success. I have been manifesting what mm -hmm. I'm doing, I feel like, for years. Because mm -hmm. I was a cable news junkie for a long time. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do you know. And my life was in one particular direction and doing well when my life was sort of in a, a quiet period and I was just in a relationship mode or I was living abroad. I was doing something else, but I always wanted that. Because I want my own political show. So we have to start getting on TV and I want to write more and write books about it. And, but absolutely do the kind of media work that we're doing right now, which is talking about... Uh, the way we relate to ideas, and, and obviously this isn't so much a political show, but culture is politics. Culture leads and politics follows. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of theory on this. It's true. You know, I mean, you think about, um, just give you an example, when Will and Grace came on the air in the late 90s, people don't realize that having that show in media markets like Kansas City, Oklahoma City, and Indianapolis, that changes viewpoints. Okay, so by the time, you know, real legislative gay rights um, or LGBT rights movements come along and are lobbying for change. There's always the resistance, but you don't realize how much the culture has seeped through the pores of people. So people have a different level of acceptance. Yeah. You know?
culture Absolutely. does lead the way. Doesn't always make the laws. Can't necessarily. People get confused by that. But sometimes, you know, in many cases rather, you've got uh, cultural events or cultural landmarks that that become really tethered to politics in a way that you can't separate. And that's American studies too. Well, then, what are your thoughts about how different celebrities, you know, like to use their platform to speak out about politics? Is it do you enjoy that, or is it more they might not be as um, informed as they pretend to be because they are a celebrity? I think it's a mixed bag. I think that, um, you know, uh, there is such a thing, and I don't want to get too wonky, cultural politics in that way can be a bit of a cul-de-sac, and here's what I mean. Jay-Z can do all the concerts he wants for Hillary Clinton. country didn't want to like Hillary Clinton, sadly. Mm-hmm. It's in one, you know what I mean? And they don't care that Jay-Z and Beyonce are doing a concert. They don't, it, no disrespect, if Katy Perry comes out and starts endorsing Elizabeth Warren, okay, you know, most people's lives are driven by, can they pay their rent, are their kids going to be safe, can they get health care? And, and as a rule, those cultural events, while sexy to people like us, don't necessarily resonate because they are not generating uh, legislative change per se. Now, that said, many celebrities get involved with serious not-for-profit work, whether it's voter registration, uh, you know, uh, dealing with poverty, things that can legitimately move the needle. And I think people respond to that more than they do somebody saying, wow, I'm just liberal and I endorse a liberal candidate. Because there is that kind of heartland bias, rightly or wrongly, but people feel like, well, how is this speaking to me? You know, I feel alienated from mm-hmm. Politician X, and you're doing a concert, I like your music, and you're telling me I have to support that politician. I think, though, I think there's a superficiality not to side with sure. the red state voter, and I don't think it's as simple, but I think there's a, superfici- a superficial way that people feel uh, put off by that. They'd rather have somebody say, you know what, I'm going to come into Appalachia, and you guys are poor, and I'm going to talk to you about teaching you new jobs because you lost your job on a coal mine. Yeah. I think that would matter more than, because I think it's hard to separate political expression like you, you asked me or, or, or as it may be cultural expression from self-aggrandizement I think that can be a fine line and people aren't as stupid as you think they are yeah mm-hmm. very true well thank you so much that was amazing so so interesting sure. let's quickly get to our um, bang Mary kill of the week are you familiar with I, the game I'm not let's do it so yeah basically we each uh, Kyle is giving us three celebrities and we have to choose which one we would bang Mary oh I love this game yes it's great so it's cancer season here and I love cancer energy cancers are so wonderful so, I actually am pretty excited about this one. Uh, we have Chase Crawford. Oh, sure. You know who he is? Of course, Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Colton Haynes. Sure. From Glee. Ooh, he's actually Glee, isn't he? He was. Yeah, he... He's he, an arrow now. He was... He was. In, yeah, he did some work on Glee. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. He's also and Toby Maguire. Okay. Sure. So, we usually have our guests go first. Okay. Uh, ben, Mary, Oh, well, I don't have a real opposite. Um, let's think. Uh, probably, uh, maybe, I, all right. <laughs> uh, you, I probably would marry Toby. Oh, okay. I think he seems like maybe the most stable. Uh, I could, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I probably would want to definitely bank Chase, mm-hmm. or always did. Um, Who did it? That, that leaves me wanting to kill Colton. I don't know that I want to kill him. 
Um, he doesn't. He's never resonated with me. He didn't know Glenn, so I think he has. He has to be the one that goes pow. Okay. <laughs> it's sort of by you know yeah, elimination. Um, I would actually kill Toby Maguire. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I get weird vibes from him, and I've heard some not like nice that he's kind of not super like nice to fans, and he's not super hot. So um, I'm gonna kill him, and then I am going to bang Colton. Wow. Yeah, and uh, marry Chase Crawford oh. because I want those babies. Chase Chase probably would be. He'd be a second. Yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna. I'm kind of uh, a mix of both of those for you guys. I definitely would marry Colton Haynes. I think that he is sweet and romantic and beautiful, and he's a cancer, so like we would totally get along. Aww. So, Colton, if you're ever out there, hey, hit me up, man. Um, I do think he's going through a divorce right now. Actually. Yes, I know. I, I would. Have, I would definitely uh, bang Colton Haynes. I would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was literally, I was going and looking at um, his, his stars when he did get married, and I was like, mm, that's not going to work. No. And, um, <laughs> so, and uh, hey, I mean, no hate, but, you know, just uh, our stars could. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, I'm going to bang Chase Crawford. For sure. And... Yeah, Toby can go. Yeah. Sorry. Bye, no. Spider-Man. Sorry. There's a new Spider-Man in town. That's yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean... Uh, you know, um, he has uh, some wonderful features. Yes, uh, we we he was uh, one of our bang Mary kills before. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah. he looks well, great in the. Uh, he does. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us, and thank you for uh, being on our show. My pleasure. I love being on. I love this whole topic. I love the thread of astrology and culture. Thank you. Awesome. And Adam, where can everyone find you on social media? Oh yes, do please do follow me. So on Instagram, my handle is at a k. My name is Keith. A k Epstein. E p s t e i n. And on Twitter, my handle is at Adam Epstein Prod, like short for Productions. So. Awesome. And then when can they catch you on TV? Right. I am uh, a regular on Trish Regan Primetime on Fox Business uh, every Thursday night. So it airs live, 8 o'clock out of New York, and I do 5 o'clock uh, out of L.A. Um, obviously, I'm only one segment, uh, but I'm on every Thursday unless I'm preempted by the president or the pope or something, which mm -hmm. has happened. Uh, and I do, for those who choose to follow me on social media, if you have a Fox allergy, and I understand that if you're on the left, but you can watch my clips if for some reason you don't watch me or DVR on Fox Biz. Awesome. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you check us out on our Astro Kiki Instagram. It's at Astro Kiki Radio. And I'm Kyle Thomas. And you can follow me on Instagram at MRKyleThomas. I'm also on Facebook. Pretty active there as well. So just look me up. We'll see well. you next week, everybody. Yep. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. Astrology.